What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 52 of the Two Metal for This podcast. I'm Jason, and with me, as always, is Justin. How's it going, everybody? And Bobby. I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott, and I've been known on occasion to communicate with polar bears. So we want to start out the show with some gratitude. In addition to being thankful for polar bears, Mm -hmm. we're also thankful for all of you that check out our show every week Mm -hmm. and engage with us on the social media. Thanks. We appreciate it. Special shout out this week to Travis Baker and Beaumont Sabos. Get them. If you haven't already, make sure you give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Two Metal for this. Like it. And drop us some feedback on how we're doing. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about on the show. And we'll try to oblige. Mm. If you haven't already, you can also give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to the podcast. Yeah, do that. And help us get into the good graces of the algorithm gods. Mm-hmm. And lastly, if you know some metalheads, tell them about the show. Right? Help Fuck. us spread the word. Spread, spread the word. So this week, we're getting into the second part of our conversation on the 10 20, 30 Rewind. Hell yeah. Volume 2. Bobby's also got some music reviews for us. I do. But before we get into that, here's Justin with the news. The news. Bad Wolves will release their fourth studio album titled Die About It on November 3rd. The first single, Bad Friend, was released in July, and this past weekend, the second single titled Legends Never Die was released. Did you listen to the new single? Yeah, I want to drop this week. Not a fan. I didn't like it nearly as much as the first single. No, the first one sounded like two different bands made it. First one sounded pretty good, and the second one sounded very radio friendly. That's kind of what they do. They like teeter back and forth. I wish they would be like find a way to blend it all into the same song versus like here's your heavy song, here's your radio song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got Doc sometimes just hiding in that band. Yeah. A lot of talent. Head PE will release their 15th studio album titled Detox early next year. The title track has an animated video released with it. Uh, this is part 1 in a series titled Detox Planet Earth which will be released chapter by chapter before being released in its entirety when the new album drops early next year. Pretty cool concept. Is the video a cartoon animated or like CGI animated? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I'm not personally a fan of Head PE, but I like the idea. I don't like it either. I just like cartoons. I know our buddy Dennis Jaza mm-hmm. is going to be stoked for that one. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to be looking forward to it. Megadeth and Biohazard will head out on the road this fall. Starting September 15th in Grantville, Pennsylvania, ends October 5th in Reno, Nevada. <laughs> Guar announced the Age of Imbeciles tour with <laughs> Negative right. Approach, X Cops, and Cancer Christ in support. Right. Tour starts October 11th in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, and ends October 30th in Orlando, Florida. Oh. It's right before Halloween and shit. That might be a fucking cool one. The yeah. last show for Guar and it's Halloween. Day before Halloween. Well, but you know what yeah. I'm saying? That's where they're going to... Yep. Man, that might be good. Yeah. Deftones are back with their fourth annual Dia de los Deftones Festival, November 4th in San Diego. It will also feature 100 Gex, Knocked Loose, Dochili, Poonback. Are you just making up these names now? Pyre, I don't think he's making Ryle he's just and making Capra. noises and shit, huh? And meet, yeah, I probably butchered a lot of those, but those are those the are band real? names listed oh, for this festival. By you sound a fucking stroke. The Good Things Festival will come to Melbourne, Australia this December. It's headlined by Fallout Boy, Limp Biscuit, and Devo. What the fuck? Really? Yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it. That's an odd. Yeah, lineup. let's talk about Devo. Fuck but, yeah. This festival also features I Prevail, Bullet for My Valentine, Corey Taylor, Pennywise, Enter Shakira, Behemoth, Sepultura, Taking Back Sunday, Slaughter to Prevail, Make Them Suffer, and our favorite, many, many, many more. Man, Sepultura and Devo? It's a very diverse lineup. Fuck yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Many more. Yeah, a little something for everybody there. It's the mm. Good Things Festival in Melbourne, Australia. Cranky. For our Aussie friends. You know who's not our friends? Those of you who live in Gary, Indiana, that shithole. God damn, I hope I don't know anybody in Gary, Indiana. I mean, not my friend anyway, I guess. I don't fucking know where you live. 
I heard that place is a real shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott with some new music out here I'm going to share with you. going to rate this stuff on a uh, one to six upside down pentagrams. The intention is not to crush anybody's feelings, but I ain't here to suck anybody's dick. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. If I do like it, I'll fucking tell you. All right, here we go. Mr. Fly's got a new one, Fat Chance. Seven songs, 25 minutes, two-piece Chicago loud band. Oh, yeah, I like this shit. Big chunky grooves, busy banging drums. Cool riffing, wacky vocals. They've tightened up on this one. Uh, more competent songwriting. They know what weird shit is working. Dirty Hands and Modern Life are the standouts here. If you're into stuff like the Melvins, the White Stripes, Whores, and Millionaire, then definitely check out Mr. Fly's new album, Fat Chance. Five upside down pentagrams. Creek, depth perception. 12 songs, 38 minutes. Metalcore from England. Holy fucking shit. Right off the get, the first note is a bass drenched in gnarly-ass effects and a cool distortion on the guitar. The vocals are fucking visceral, for the most part. He does a bit of the new metal-style cleans here and there, uh, thin like that shit, but what are you going to do? Drums are a bit buried because everyone else is tuned way the fuck up. Gets a little muddy, but I fucking love that shit. It's angry, it's fucking filthy, and he's got these cool, groovy, melodic thrash parts if Dillinger's escape plan wasn't a scatterbrained convulsion of a purposefully broken song, this shit is what you would get. Hair in the Woods is a fucking great one. The song Doomed is really cool. It's got some weird ambient shit that leads to some sick fucking awesomeness. Cool title track, all-around killer stuff. Uh, I don't party with the metalcore too much, but this shit right here is my favorite metalcore band now. Sorry, Dead to Fall. New album from Creek, Depth Perception is a five and a half upside-down pentagrams. So it's Creek in England, not Crick? Creek. Okay. However it'd, it'd I said be, it is how you say it. It'd be Crick in Gary, Indiana. Them fucks. Fuck Gary, Indiana. Ringworm. Seeing Through Fire. Ninth full-length album from these guys. 11 songs, 31 minutes. Metallic Hardcore from Ohio. Title track opener is a crushing reminder of what the fuck this band can do. If for some reason you were wondering if this singer... The human furnace is still angrier than a little brother on the losing end of a wishbone. The answer is yes. He is very not happy. These guys have definitely been practicing. Everyone sounds fucking badass. Awesome riffs. Killer drums. Songs are great. They know what the fuck they're doing for sure. Thought crimes and You Want It Too are the standouts. No one does. I hate the world. No one ever hugged me. I hope you watch your loved ones die slowly. White knuckle fury quite like ringworm so check out their new one seeing through fire five upside down pentagrams orbit culture's got a new one mm -hmm. descent 10 songs 49 minutes melodic death metal from sweden super cool epic intro opener my levels were just right and the energy drink i had just kicked in this shit was playing and i was ready to go fight the fucking predator then track two kicks in it's the first song black mountain it's a melodic, doomy, industrial death groove. Uh, these guys have some really cool fucking riffs. Got the Scandinavian jollies a little bit, but it's mostly this dark, post-apocalyptic sonic monster. They do some interesting things with the backing synth stuff. Uh, it'll rotate to the front, and the guitars and bass will go to the back, and then they'll swing it back, and then it'll go into like a solo or something, so I thought that was kind of neat. Crazy cool riffs and grooves here, folks. Each song is its own little adventure, yet the album flows together quite smoothly. Everything is well thought out and well crafted. There is no filler here. The track Vultures of the North is fucking badass. The title track Descent, it was decent. If you ever thought I wish Fear Factory wasn't a bunch of pussies, this. And if you ever thought I wish Fear Factory was a bunch of pussies, also this somehow. Lots of killer stuff on this one. Orbit Culture's new one, Descent, is a five upside down pentagrams. Now, I heard these guys from Jason last year on the way to the Soulfly show, and uh, you guys just seen them not too long ago. Did you guys check out the album? I did. It's funny you say the Fear Factory thing because their cover does look like a Fear Factory cover as well. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. But yeah, uh, Black Mountain from the inside, Alienated, mm. Vultures of the North. Those are all great songs. All there right. is no filler it here at all. This is a great album. Oh, yeah. You check it out, Jason? I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. So. Uh, you're in for a treat, buddy. <sighs> all right. I got a handful of EPs here. Hex and Ghoul with their debut EP, self-titled. Three songs, 11 minutes, stoner metal from California. Pretty cool stuff here. Definitely the do-it-yourself production style. It's got cool riffs, big fat bass. The vocals are cool. It's got two singers at the same time 
one the guttural metal style and the other is a chick doing like the witch rock kind of vocals and at first i was like what the fuck is this shit but then it actually sounds pretty cool i like that i would love to see these guys live they got a really cool vibe so check out hex and ghoul with their self-titled debut ep that's a four and a half upside down pentagrams now, uh, in a different part of California, on the other side of the spectrum, we got DFC with their debut EP, Drug-Free Crew. They sound like a fun bunch. Five songs, 11 minutes of straight-edge hardcore from California. Nothing new here, angry chuggas. But it's absolutely fucking hilarious to be super intoxicated and sing, straight-edge for life, straight-edge till death. Makes me laugh every time. It's pretentious fucks thinking they're better than you because they don't party. Whatever, just do your chugga chuggas. I like that. The song from the ashes was the standout. So get your levels right and listen to some straight edge hardcore DFC and their debut EP, Drug Free Crew. Cool enough for a four upside down pentagrams. Got a split here. Aggrieved and Cold Case. Four songs, 11 minutes. Uh, Cold Case is metallic hardcore from Texas. Aggrieved is thrashy hardcore from England. Lots of tasty riffs on this one. Both bands bring the heat, but with different energy. Cool song structure from Texas and a meaner sound from England. Good stuff. I like them both equally. So check out the split EP from Aggrieved and Cold Case 4, Upside Down Pentagrams. And last but certainly not least, Soul Hound's got an EP out. Not the funk band from Georgia. The album is Zone of Terrors. Four songs, 11 minutes. Metallic hardcore from Greece. These guys are fucking cool. They do things a little differently. It's beat down Chugamania, but the changes don't go where you think they're going to go, so it keeps things fresh and interesting. Plus, foreign weirdness is always fun. The title track is fucking badass, and the closer, Pale Horse, is also brutal. Cool stuff from Soul Hound and their EP, Zone of Terror, five upside-down pentagrams. That's all I got for you this time. Go listen to something new, motherfuckers, and stay curious. Welcome to Volume 2, Part 2 of our 10, 20, 30 Rewind episode. That was a fucking mouthful. It's like a goddamn white zombie album. In case you're not following that, this is the second part of our <laughs> second episode, about 10, 20, 30. We're going to be going back 10 years, 20 years, and 30 years into the past to talk about some of our favorite albums from those years. Yes. I've got 2003 for this episode. Mm -hmm. And the second album I'm going to be talking about here is Seven Dust with their album. Jesus, just numbers everywhere. (laughs) So Seven Dust Seasons, 12 songs, 43 minutes, released on October 7th of 2003. Seven Dust was definitely riding on a high when they went into the studio to record this album, coming off the success of 2001's Animosity and 1999's Home. The expectations were very high. Uh, They came out swinging with the opening track, Disease. It's got everything that you've come to expect from Seven Dust. It's heavy, but it's got the big catchy choruses. It's also got a cool breakdown about two and a half minutes in. Great way to kick off the album. Uh, What would you guys think of the opening track? Thought it was a solid opener. <laughs> I thought it was an okay opener. Uh, this is not the old stuff. Uh, they always had like an odd style. It's not new metal, but it is, but it ain't. Uh, like they thought, oh, we got clean vocals from a guy who can actually fucking sing. We can put that on the radio, right? But it just doesn't work. They're a little too weird. They're a little too cool to be on the fucking radio. Uh, this ain't really for the masses, I don't think. It's just. Uh, it seems like it is, you know, because of the clean singing, but it's actually some fucking cool shit going on. So from there, we get into the lead single, Enemy, uh, which was written about Devil Driver frontman Des Fafara. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> the primary vocals are delivered by drummer Morgan Rose, who mm-hmm. also wrote the lyrics to the song. The song is, uh, this is actually my least favorite song on the album, <laughs> uh, but it's still a banger. It goes over really well live. Yeah, uh, I mean, that... that- is the track on the album pretty much 
that's the staple at their live show. High, high energy, catchy hook. It is, but I just no, uh, I understand. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't. It doesn't feel like a seven dust track to me. If something about it feels weird. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I get you. Uh, they do have the cool fucking sound with the two guitar players that make the nice big crunch. But uh, Morgan Rose, he fucking had the big hand in writing this song. I always thought that, uh, like how Lars wishes he was Dave Lombardo, Tommy Lee wishes he was Morgan Rose. If that makes any fucking sense. I like that dude as a drummer. Morgan Rose is fucking cool. That's interesting. Did you know Morgan Rose actually filled in for Tommy Lee uh, for Motley Crue? <laughs> there you go. See what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? The more you know. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, the title track, Seasons, it's a perfect song to represent the album. Got all the elements. Definitely has a lot more melody than what we got on most of the band's previous three albums, though. I think they made a conscious decision here to go a little bit more radio-friendly. Hmm. Uh, I usually think the title track should be the song that expresses where you're going with the album, and uh, I think that does. It's not a great song to me, but it is the. it's a good title track. Uh, but it has some really sick snare rolls in there by fucking O'Morgan. I like that shit, man. Uh, Broken Down is a killer song as well. The drumming in this song is incredible. Mm. I especially love the drumming at the very beginning of the song and throughout the verses. Doing some really cool stuff there. And as usual, you got another big catchy hook. Yeah, yeah super, super good at that. Super catchy chorus. joke this is what uh lincoln park would sound like if they were fat ass and has a really nice fade out you know i like those yeah i said it. if lincoln park sounded badass it would sound like this song i said it said what you, you said. ever heard it huh you should love this song yeah <laughs> i love the way the next track separate slowly builds up uh again just super catchy solid songs uh honesty is definitely one of my favorite songs on the album just Deeply meaningful lyrics that really spoke to me at a time when I really needed to hear them. Not a lot of heaviness to speak of on this track, but lyrically, it's very heavy. Mm. I think the middle of the album did start to slow down a little bit. They, yeah, for sure. They have weird pacing in their album, but separate this one. I like this one. Uh, it's got the cool-ass riff with that weird skip-stop in there. Uh, I always thought it'd be cool uh, if Seven Dust and the Deftones and Nonpoint went on tour and then maybe like sneak attack have crosses do like uh all of a sudden openings with the two guys when the other band's doing like the fucking cool extra vocals and it's like stuff. one of jason's dream concerts right i there. think that would be like a <laughs> yeah, really cool great. fucking vibe uh honesty i really fucking hate how he sings on that one <laughs> um uninspired riffing it seemed like it was the you know here's your we're trying to crank out a fucking hit or whatever um but Again, Morgan makes solid use of his opportunity to lay down some sick fucking grooves. So, again, I like Morgan Rose. So, if you asked me which Seven Dust song I've played the most in my life, I'd probably say Skeleton Song. Oh, wow. Uh, it's just an incredibly beautiful song about turning to music to get you through some dark times. Uh, if we ever do a lyric episode, this will probably come up. Uh, but, yeah, this song's definitely, uh, it's been one that I've put on a lot when I was going through some shit. Wow. It's the big ballad on the album. Um, this is the worst song about skeletons. Yeah, I mean, it's not about skeletons. <laughs> but all right. As far as skeletons, it's, it's called metaphor. Skeleton Song. <laughs> and it's like, man, and yeah. it's not a cool skeleton song. Just saying. It's a sad song. <laughs> I mean, saying, you, you see that, you know, oh, a skeleton song, that'd be cool. Skeletons mm -hmm. in the closet. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Burned Out's another one of my favorites. I love the way it starts out. Uh, starts with just the drums and the vocals, which is really cool, mm. and another kind of slow buildup, and it just makes the chorus seem really fucking big when it finally kicks in. Kind of got like a Soundgarden vibe to it. Yeah. A nice, sleazy, solo, cool fucking song. But the one before that, Disgrace, I like that one. The fucking beat's bad as fuck, and it sounds like if Tool wrote a Queens of the Stone Age song for the radio. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, suffocate. Mm. Much needed return to heaviness. Yeah. Uh, perfectly placed on the album to make sure that you don't lose too much momentum. Yeah, I definitely picked up the energy a lot after losing a lot of energy through the middle there where it slowed down. So Yeah, here we Pretty go. Much needed. This is the old seven. This this is mm -hmm. what they should have done the whole time. Best song, easy. Got the sick riffs, the killer grooves, the obligatory ding-dong sing-along, but with some really cool shit going on on the entire band. Like That's a fucking great tune, man. I like that one a lot. Uh, Gone's got some cool heavy parts as well. One of the best choruses I've heard in any Seven Dust song. Mm. Uh, face to Face, excellent way to end the album. One of the heavier and faster songs on the album, and it's definitely still in regular rotation live. Yeah, uh, The crowd eats this one up whenever they play it live. Super catchy song, great way to close the album. Yeah, uh, sometimes the bands will put like the good stuff in the back of the album because they know like the radio hits and stuff, and like you know the uh, the ignorant are just going to check out the, the the front end. And if you stick around, you get some cool stuff. Face to face is a really cool fucking song. Uh, I once read an article from uh, Garth Brooks that said his favorite song on any album is the last song. It's how the artist wants to leave you. I always like that. This is a good closer. It's like they knew the front end was going to be for the radio, and they were kind of like, sorry, here's the cool shit. Thanks for sticking around, man. A fucking cool closer. I like that one. Closing tracks are important. We should do an episode about that. We fucking should, man. Uh, Seven Dust are cool. I don't like all their shit. It gets pretty singy a lot. Uh, but I can tell you this. If you ever get a chance to see them live, do so. They are fucking impressive. Uh, it's cool they're still out there fucking rocking and rolling. This album was where I dropped off with these guys. Uh, six out of 12 songs, seven dust seasons is a three upside down pentagrams for me. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a seven dust album, but for me, not a whole lot really stood out. I, I don't dislike it. I don't really vibe to it either. I know you guys have heard me say that before. Uh, it's pretty much my opinion, though, of seven dust as a whole, as far as recorded material goes. The band is amazing live, though. Mm. If you ever have a chance to see them live, go check it out. Uh, because any of the songs that are even decent on an album or recorded album are going to play very, very well live. Sounds perfect. But Seven Dust Seasons, it kind of all starts to blend together for me and got a little bit too slow in the middle. So I do give it a three out of six. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> once again, we were listening to very different albums. I don't know what the hell you guys listened to, but it was not Seven Dust Seasons. This album is peak Seven Dust for me. I don't know whether that's due to my emotional attachment to the lyrics it is. or if, or if it's my appreciation for the excellent songwriting. Well, that too. I'm not sure, yeah. but I know that there's not a bad song on this album. Uh, this mm. album came out exactly when I needed it, and it's one of a handful of albums that got me through some serious shit, and I'm forever grateful to the band for putting this album out. Mm. Uh, for that matter, I think the band really hit on something with this album that they've failed to really replicate since. The new album comes pretty close, but my feeling on most of the albums that came after this one is kind of what you just stated, Justin, but I didn't feel that until the next album. Next, okay. Um, this album, to me, is very special. I've been on board with Seven Dust since the first album, but if I could only pick one of their albums to listen to for the rest of my life, it's a no-brainer for me. I'm going with Seasons. Mm. It is a perfect six out of six hey. upside-down hey. pentagrams. Six, six. Six. Nice. Sometimes timing's everything, though. You could listen to an album today, and then you know it doesn't vibe. But if you hear it three years from now, and the situation's different, here's the thing: yeah, they don't have also. bad songs. No. Their songwriting is fucking incredible. They just set up in the right styles of songs I don't fucking like. Oh and yeah, I, I get it. And I've said before, fucking Lejon, that dude's an incredible fucking singer. I just don't like that shit. I don't want to hear it. And they use him a lot. Yeah. But he also is like, hey, we're going to do this part of the song where I can show off this. And then when we're going to do the cool stuff, like I can do the cool mm -hmm. shit for that, too. And I, I, they're like, OK, uh, uh, you know, they're a fucking great band. 
good songs all around. I don't think they have bad songs. It's just some of that. No, I, I totally get that. And I get what Justin's saying, too, because there are a lot of Seven Dust albums where it does kind of all run together mm. and the songs don't stand out and they're not bad. You know, you don't you don't dislike them, but you're just like, yeah, there's nothing special about that song. I feel that on a lot of their stuff. Mm. But for me, the first four albums are fucking fantastic. Like, I don't skip any songs on any of the first four albums. I like the first great. two for sure. Yeah. yeah. Good luck following following them live. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll go back to that. <laughs> All right. Did so you like the new album? I did. I liked the like new I'm, album. I, I, yeah. I liked it. It uh, was my favorite album since this album. I still have not listened to it. Guilty. I mean, you, like it's super sing songy, which drops yeah. it for me a lot. But man, <laughs> the songs. But the defense no. is the last one, and it is. Uh, I think mm. you know you hit on it in the reviews, but. Like you said, they always have great production, mm. but it's next level on that album. Like that's they pulled out all the stops on that thing. There's a lot going on there. I feel and like there's definitely a lot of pop and there's little stuff hints there of too. everybody they've been on tour with because they were on tour with Clutch a little bit. And that last song's got a little bit of clutchness in there. That last song, it would have been a three, but it was so good that song I dragged it to a four. I was yeah. like, it's it's you'll probably like you like Seven Dust. I like Seven Dust live on record. I've it's hit, a hit, better hit, album. So, you know if what I mean? You like it a little bit. You'll probably like you this I mean? one. Like, like, like I said, I don't dislike what I hear. It just yeah, yeah. It plays better live. To me, so. Oh, they're fucking you know, incredible. Have you listened to the entire home album? But yeah. the first two, I like this. Even like right when it came out, Hide a New Metal and all that. And it was just interesting. Yeah. I've originally thought they was from Never disliked North it, Flight. but. Uh, yeah, I didn't know there was this. Is, this isn't a Deftone situation. No, no, I, I, I get both of you guys' <laughs> opinions know? on it. I, I do. And I, I definitely think that. You know the uh, the emotional attachment has a lot. It's to dumb do with to say they suck. There's no way I no, can. I would never. I can't legitimately nope. say that and keep yeah. my fucking card as. And they just seem like cool, down to earth dudes, yeah. man. Like that too. Uh, I'm, I got to meet Lejean on the ship. Uh, All right. One year, man, he's just like the nicest dude ever. Georgia boys, man. Yeah. Fucking friendly fuckers. Is uh, Morgan still with? What was it? The uh, Morgan Stanley. It was. Devil Driver or was it he the was Cole? Uh, Cole Chamber? He was with yeah. the uh, bass player from right. Cole Chamber. He's not anymore, no. That's why he wrote that fucking song. Right, right. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of people think Dez is a dickhead. So I mean, it happens. I've heard it a lot over the years. Man, he looked fucking rough at that concert. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Hamburglar. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> just rough. Rough. Man's pushing 60. What are you like out there? I guess he, Alice Cooper in it, but. So what do you got for us, Justin? <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I got 1993. Mm. So we're going to Tool with Undertow, which nice. is the debut album from the progressive rock metal legends mm-hmm. from California. Ten tracks, 68 minutes, sort of. With any Tool album, you have several minutes of filler and bullshit. Uh, not as much on this one, but it's still there. Uh, the album op- opens with Intolerance, which is a very solid opener with interesting riffs and drum fills. Manners vocals here are already on point. Yeah, it starts with a fucking bong rip. Always a good sign. Great songs. Got the riffs. Awesome groove from the rhythm section. Interesting vocals. Great use of effects. Great opener. Definitely gets you warmed up for one of the coolest sonic adventures ever recorded. Yeah, man. Great opening track. The band was still so raw here. They definitely hadn't reached that full-on experimental phase that they got into later. This... This was a truly unique sound at this time. You know, I mean, now we're all used to hearing it, mm-hmm. but this was different than what was going on at the time. Prison sex takes me back to a time. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Prison sex. I don't fucking give a shit. I will listen to this every time. It's still badass. The yep. low end is nice and fat. Danny Carey just attacking the groove with surgical precision. Mm-hmm. Doing a thing here, doing a thing there. So good. Cool fucking video. Prison sex, man. And sober. Same fucking thing. I heard it 10 million thousand fucking times. Cool song. Very dark. Very creepy. The drum in, uh, intro is just fucking insane. And the way Adam Jones make that guitar squeal and agony, you know that part. That one, You know the part. Mm-hmm. That fucking noise is fucking great. Cool video again. Sober. Yes. Deserves yeah. all the hype that it's ever received. Mm-hmm. You hit on it. It is one of the most overplayed songs of all mm-hmm. time. And they don't and always... normally that is a fucking major turnoff for me. Like mm-hmm. I get so sick of hearing it 
I've never been tired of this song. Right. If you put it on right fucking now, it's I'm going to be good. as excited as I was the first time I heard it. It's good. And Prison Sex is the same fucking way, man. That that opening riff is just fucking killer. So good. Yeah. Fuck with, yeah. I mean, with Sober, if you ask someone about Tool, that's probably one of the first songs they're going to bring up. The videos are still cool. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Like it's, what is it? Stop motion claymation shit, which doesn't really get dated. That's... still looks as weird as it did back then. Yep. I still have the uh, box set. It's on a fucking VHS. Oh wow! And it has all the music videos at that time. Right. It only it's only the first two albums were out, uh, but I still have that. And then it came with like a live album and stuff and some bonus tracks. Like it's pretty Hell cool. Yeah. That used to be cool I when used you get to like watch a box that set shit or something. Get some extra mm-hmm. stuff. Oh yeah. I used to love watching those videos. I mean, uh-huh. I still love watching those videos. Right. Then you have bottom. The spoken word portion is one of the first times you get a true zone out track that would become a staple on every album after this. Uh, coming out of Maynard screaming dead inside is the music crescendos. It's a standout moment on the album. Oh man. Bottom is my favorite tool song ever. Mm-hmm. This shit is fucking super cool. It's kind of like if helmet was in the psychedelics yeah. staccato and sludge somehow, then it gets totally chill stoner rock type shit. no choice but to confront you i will use my mistakes against you those are great fucking lyrics then back to that helmet on acid groove with the rock and roll ending that's always cool shit adds up at the bottom man dude i love how fucking raw and heavy this song is and it's interesting you mentioned helmet uh something that really stood out to me when i listened to this album was that you usually always put tool in that heavy metal category but you can really see on a song like this how they fit in with the grunge and the alternative mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. that was going on at the time. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of, this was sort of the bridge, I think, to get them there. And they kind of transitioned as time went on. But yeah, man, bottom is fucking awesome. So good. Uh, Crawl Away mm-hmm. has a really good build to it leading into when the song really kicks up about four minutes in. Uh, Danny Carey starts hitting that double bass and drums like he's in a death metal band, and Adam mm-hmm. Jones is riffing super fast. It's a killer track. Yeah, what you want and what you need don't mean that much to me. God damn, this is shit I was listening to when I was a teenager. Very impressionable. Cool, weird-ass riff, man. And then the stoppy chugs, then all of a sudden an unbelievable grinding groove, like you were saying. Yeah. Danny Carey's the fucking man, dude. So this is my favorite track yeah. on, on the album. Uh, it's so fucking angry. Like, you don't get that a lot from Tool songs, but Maynard sounds fucking angry. I love the guitar work, and I especially love the juvenile lyrics here. Uh, it's just a fun song, and I love the breakdown in the middle before it gets really thrashy. Man, it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Getting a metal boner over here. All right, I'll look at it later. <laughs> just for science. Swamp Song, I fucking love this song, but I don't think when they wrote this song, they'd ever been in a fucking swamp. We're in Florida. We know swamps, and it's a bit more miserable and scummy than the vibe of this song. I'm just fucking saying. Killer song, though. It's got the cool jammy bit at the end. Kind of a cross between uh, The Police and Rush without the shitty vocals. Yeah. Another just super memorable riff, man. Mm. Adam Jones knows how to write some catchy fucking riffs he's on another level that guy i I mean everybody in this band is yeah they're all next level there's no weak weak member of this band oh man here you know at this point though you know like yeah yeah undertow which uh, i guess is the title track Mm -hmm. cool song uh but it's kind of mediocre for a title track like i say i judge it on uh if it's the one that expresses the album this is no way the best song on the album or the best representation 
Um, so that makes it kind of weak. That's not saying it's a bad fucking song, though. I'm just saying that as far as title tracks goes. Yeah, definitely not a bad song. Uh, there's, love, a, there's only one bad song on the album. Uh, all right. I think uh, this one, I feel like you could see where they were going on the next album. Mm-hmm. This one got kind of spacey and weird. Mm-hmm. Kind of right in the middle of the album. So, yeah. It does a weird switch towards the end and gets kind of sleazy. And it did seem like they didn't know what they were doing so much right there. It does seem the most experimental on there. And that's why it doesn't come across as the best title track. Four Degrees is after that. Maynard has a really big, cool scream halfway into that track. And it's got these cool, simple grooves. And it swells into these bigger walls of noise and then back and forth. Cool tribal stuff. Badass fucking tune, man. Four Degrees. That's a good one. Yeah, for sure. Flood has uh, it's one minute of almost silence at the beginning. It's very minimal going on, but then it's very sludgy when the first chords hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, there's also then a constant signature tool build afterwards. Great track. Yeah, man. Definitely my third favorite tool song of all time. Uh, tool definitely likes the Melvins for sure. And this is a great closer, sort of. Sort of the closer. It's basically the closer. You know what I mean? But the I guess the actual closer is disgustipated. Yeah, almost 16 minutes of a waste of time. Ah, uh, no. I I'm fuck- not even sure you can call it a song. It's just noise and spoken word. No, I fucking love this song ever since it came out. Oh, man, it's so goddamn weird. These are the cries of the carrots. To them, it is the Holocaust. Oh, man, what a goofy-ass fucking song. I've loved this it's- shit ever since. The tribal drum groove, I like that shit. Life feeds on life, man. What a goofy fucking song. There's an ironic lyric that says, this is necessary over and over. Mm-hmm. No, Maynard, this shit was not necessary at the it end of the album. Fucking yeah. vegetable holocaust, man. Shit's funny as fuck. Man, that weird. <laughs> the cries of the carrots. Uh-uh. It's funny. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, for me, the album definitely ends with Flood. I, I don't listen to Disgustipated. No. <laughs> uh, it's the beginning of the band's trend of bullshit filler songs. And uh, at least this one was at the end, though, so I don't got to listen to it. Yeah. And I don't got to be troubled to skip it. I get troubled. I get to it. So 10 songs, nine of them I love, and I pretend the 10th doesn't exist, which makes this a perfect album. Tools Undertow is a six out of six. Six, six, six. Six. Just ignoring the end. (laughs) All right, let's start with Danny Carey. This album, he brought the fucking heat, blew everyone away. Amazing sound. It always sounds great in the mix. Super tight, intricate grooves, sick fills, all delivered with a humble awesomeness. And it was just a taste of what he ended up doing over the span of his career. One of my favorite drummers of all time. Uh, Justin Chancellor is the best bass player Tool ever had, but I like Paul Damore. He had a really cool, dark and dirty tune. That uh, went well with the drums crispiness. Adam Jones has a really cool style. Uses lots of cool effects pedals, panning tricks and stuff. Great riffs on this record. And old Maynard. I like this guy. I always fucking shit on singers. But uh, he was in my band Pterodactyl Teeth. Remember my dream band? And I had said before, he was a very unique vocalist. And he is. But it hit me when I did a re-listen for this fucking album. If you took this era of Maynard and you switched it with this guy... Both bands would still fucking work, but it would totally change it. He sounds like Danzig. He totally fucking sounds like Danzig. Mm, absolutely. It's just one's going to the lower, and yeah. the one has the high. But it's the same, and it was the do unto others. What has been... Th-? And I was like, oh, man, that's like a Danzig-y kind of... And then it all fucking hit. What if Maynard was in the Misfits, and Danzig was in Tool? That shit would still fucking work. Dude, no uh, joke. Uh, my brother was into both at the same time, yeah. and he, they were both in regular rotation. And I was a kid. I mean, I was ten years old. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know which one was which. There like there was a time where I thought it. this was dancing. It yeah. just fucking hits for me, man. Uh, but Maynard, man, he's got a really cool voice. It just captivates you and makes you want to fucking hear what he's saying. Like I don't only really get into lyrics, but I, I feel like I'm, you know, I check into his shit. Uh, so all that being said. When I covered 1993, I had made a statement that if one of you didn't pick a certain album, I'd fucking quit. This is the album. This is one of my favorite records of all time. Nothing sounded like it. Nothing's ever sounded like it since, except for the album before this and the one after. It's really the only shit that fucking sounds anything 
like under two. Uh, their sound dramatically changed over their fucking catalog, but this one has that cool, dark, gloomy. Uh, it's not like sad. It's aggressive. It's weird, but not pretentious. And it's certainly musically impressive. They had the coolest fucking videos, just all around incredible stuff. This album has been with me for 30 fucking years, and it's always awesome. Every fucking time, Tool Undertow is a six upside down pentagrams. Six, six, six. Undertow is a more unpolished album than the, the ones that would follow, which mm-hmm. is appealing to many. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't dislike this. In fact, this listen made me appreciate the album more than I did previously. Uh, but still, it's always been my least listened to Tool album over the years. I prefer what they evolve into, uh, but you get all the groundwork in a more raw fashion here. Uh, it's by no means a bad album. These musicians are far too talented to lay out any turds. Uh, <laughs> Undertow has a lot to like and is a five out of six for me. That 10th oh, track is what prevents it from getting that six. Oh, man. Sorry. Just don't fucking listen to it. It's still there. It's necessary. The other, the other nine this songs make up for it. Necessary. And everybody wanted a perfect uh, uh, six, six, six there, oh, but man. I'm sorry to disappoint. Almost. Hey, we almost had it on Slipknot, too, but Jason yeah. don't like him that much. One of us has always got to mm. fuck it up, you know? <laughs> it's usually me. Yeah. 1993 was a weird fucking year, man. It was fucking cool. So much awesomeness, but we're done with that year. Now we hop back in the time machine. We head over to 2013. Strange year, 2013. The words twerk and selfie were added to the Oxford Dictionary, which is fucking ridiculous. Oh, God. The U.S. government shut down for 16 days and nobody fucking cared. (laughs) The entire city of San Francisco came together to help Miles Scott be Bat Kid for a day, and that was cool. Breaking Bad premiered, Daft Punk Mm. dropped random access memories, Janelle Monae released Electric Lady, and Run the Jewels gifted us with their amazing self-titled debut. Meanwhile, I was having a rocking good time with these guys. Clutch with their album Earth Rocker, 11 songs, 44 minutes, Stoner Rock Kings from Maryland. This is the 10th full length album. Uh, we don't get to say this often. Same lineup as always Dan Maines handling the bottom end, Tim Salt on the six strings, JP Gastier rocking the thunder tubs, and Neil Fallon on the microphone. Title track is awesome. Great start. Such a cool vibe, psychedelic rocking guitar and a rhythm section like no other. They got the tastiest drum and bass grooves, catchy vocals with that weird laugh. Nobody does it like Clutch. What did you guys think? Super fun way to open the album. Cool party and riffs. And Neil Fallon reminds me of a Southern pastor that's just like preaching over some cool ass Southern rock. It's the son of a pastor. Is he? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That song's got such a good upbeat vibe. It's a good driving song, cool riffs. That weird laugh mm. during the song is super catchy. Uh, it's one of the better tracks on the on the album. Great opener. Oh, yeah. Crucial Velocity. This is one of my favorite clutch songs. Starts with simplicity from the strings, but complexity from the drums. I don't ever really know what the fuck Neil Fallon is talking about, but it always sounds really fucking cool. One of my favorite lines... Everybody, everybody keeps telling me, Neil, you gotta quit your low down dirty ways. And I asked them, do you have the solution? And they just shake their head and slowly walk away. (laughs) That's so good, man. Everybody, everybody keeps telling me, Neil, you got to quit your low down ways. So I asked them if they have the solution And they just shake their heads and slowly walk away That was a cool song, man. It didn't click right away. And then when the chorus kicked in and I heard that cool ass riff, I was like, I, I was hooked on this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drumming is is impressive. I found it kind of strange too. Like there's a couple of times where it, it kind of sounds like it gets slightly off, but I assume that that's intentional. Mm. Um, but it, it kind of it grabs your attention. It makes you pay more attention to what's going on with the drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they uh, go step on it into the solo, I thought that was really nice. Oh, yeah. Smooth, yeah. smooth transition there. 
Mr. Freedom's got that fucking groove that's so badass, just airtight, fucking just impeccable musicianship, man. Yeah, it's probably my favorite song on the album. Yeah, yeah the guitar is awesome. The solo is great. I love mm-hmm. that song. DC Sound Attack. This is soundtrack rock fucking, if I've ever heard anything. Should kick on during the end credits of something real partying, you know what I mean? Mm. I'm a warmonger, baby. I got <laughs> blood in my eyes, and I'm looking at you. Yeah. Hells yeah. Under the Breach. I fucking love this song. Super rocking vibe right here, man. There's a really cool instrumental section in the middle of there. Hell yeah. Gone Cold, the acoustic jam. Did you like this one, Justin? You like the acoustic ones? Yeah, that's a big departure from the rest of the album. Real chill song. I like how slowed down it gets on this one. Yeah, it's got like a folk vibe to mm-hmm. it. I feel yeah. like you could put it right in the middle of a murder by death album. All right. Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I think it's cool. All right. The Face, uh, probably the weakest song on the album, but mm-hmm. it's still pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, kind of agree. All right. Book, Saddle, and Go. Also one of my favorite clutch songs. Simple, but it's mean as fuck. Like, I don't know, but that sounds real fucking tough, man. Big time deep purple vibes on that song. Mm-hmm. Driving like a cool ass El Camino on a like back highway yeah. real fast or some shit. Cyborg Betty. <laughs> Very hard rock. Uh, Neil is such a character on the microphone. I think him and Les Claypool could come up with something very interesting in a song. Man. Oh yeah, man! They're yeah. both kind of goofy characters. A, you know, definitely a funny concept on this one. It, what I get from it is like, you know, even a fucking cyborg girlfriend that's built just for you is still going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's not going to be. But it's so upbeat and it's a catchy track, so it's just like you know, yeah, that cool, was, that cool was a fun one, man. I like that. Oh yeah. Oh, Isabella. Great tune if Devo wrote an Iron Maiden song. That's what I think of that one. Yeah, I can hear that. Back half of that track, the instrumental section is another one that really stands out on the album to me. Oh, yeah. And the Wolfman Kindly Ellipses. Uh, no, it's Wolfman Kindly Requests. Sorry, Ellipses. Uh, swinging bluesy rock outro, partying closer. You know, just fucking swing on out the door. How'd you guys think of the closer? Good closer. You want to know my political closer. persuasion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, sugar, I howl at the moon. Mm hmm. Some funny ass lyrics on this. He's album, the man. man. I love I it. I like that dude. Uh, so overall, uh, Clutch isn't a band that I put on very often. Uh, I'll throw it on every now and then when I'm in a weird mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, Elephant Riders is oh, my go-to. That is a good. Uh, so I actually never heard Earth Rocker in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, I had a really good time listening to it. Um, I don't know how much I'll listen to it again. Clutch just isn't one of those bands that I visit that often. Like I said, I got to be in a really weird mood. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually I'd still go Elephant Riders first, but uh, this is a good album, man. I had a I had a good time listening to it. It's a solid four out of six. Nice, yeah. It's an upbeat album, good time overall. Cool riffs, keeps a good pace. I didn't get bored with it at all. It's very fun. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I actually put it back on for a second spin immediately after the first. All right, so solid album. It's the second best album of the two part episode for me. Four out of six. Nice. All right. Hell yeah. Clutch are in their own category. Only Clutch can do what Clutch does. Other bands try, but they fucking fail. Tim Soul is a master at using cool effects while shredding and has tons of awesome riffs. And I can't think of a bass player as solid as Dan Maines. Always a killer tune. Knows his job is to hold down the low end and keep the fucking groove. Doesn't really do anything super fancy, but he never fucks up, which is better than fancy. John Paul Gastier is one of my favorite drummers ever. He always sounds really fucking good. Even back in the day, always sounded good in the mix. His style is awesome. It's sleazy, funky, rockin' blues vibe. And he slides in and out of the fucking time and shit. Sometimes he's behind the bass. Sometimes he's in the front. Very subtle. But if you listen, he's doing all these cool little things to the groove. Very fun to watch also. He's an impressive musician, that guy. And one of my favorite all-time vocalists. A unique voice and delivery of some of the craziest lyrics. I'm not a singer and a lyrics guy, but uh, this dude fucking rules, man. I love Clutch, but their catalog, which is huge, is inconsistent. There were some turds lobbed before this one, so I was surprised and super happy when this came out. I think as a whole, it's the best of their newer sound. It's got a couple of skippers, but also has some of my favorites. So Clutch, Earth Rocker, is a five and a half upside down pentagrams. Some great albums from the past. I enjoy these rewinds. Nothing has quite the same uh, flavor as nostalgia. Let us know what you were rocking out to in 2013, 2003, and 1993. 
And maybe we'll talk about it next time we get on this rewind. Until then, be cool, be metal. That is our episode for this week. That is it. Hopefully you enjoyed the trip in the TMFT time you machine. You fucking enjoyed it. You know fun. you did. I love the time machine. We'll be back. Oh, yeah. It's comfy. Like a leg room. If you're not following us on Facebook and Instagram at 2Metal for this. Fuck you. What the fuck are you doing? I've now, this will be the 52nd time I've told you. 104th time. If yeah. you count that I say it twice in every episode, right, you yeah. should be following us. Follow it. And engage with us. Engage. Let us know what you like about the show. The fuck do you And like? especially, what do you not like about what the show? What don't you like? That's what we want to hear. All that Linkin Park talk, I get it. But we need you to say it. <laughs> they like the Linkin Park talk. No, they know. Uh-huh. Make sure you tune in next week. Tune in. We're going to be doing another discography. Mm. We're going to be talking about Rage Against the Machine. Fuck yeah. That's it for this week. Until next week, keep it metal and Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Yeah. Are you done fornicating with your microphone now? Mm. Never. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way I can come anymore.